the Runner's Diary podcast with Brian and Damien. Welcome to the Runner's Diary episode 71. I'm Damien. And I'm Brian. On this week's show, we'll have all the latest news, all of last week's results, our featured fixtures. And our guest this week is David Gillick. That's all to come on this week's episode of the Runner's Diary podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Pillar Performance. Pillar Performance brings you the very best in sports micronutrition. Hydration and fueling products will take you to the finish line, but Pillar will get you to the start line in your best condition over and over again. And the good news is any of our Runner's Diary followers can avail of a 15% discount online by using the promo code RUNNERSDIARY15, or you can go in-store to the Edge in the Kinsale Road, uh, Cork, and you can mention the code at checkout uh, when buying a Pillar Performance product. So it's yep. a win-win all around. It's that simple. And again, thank you to Pillar Performance for the sponsor. Okay, so busy weekend again of running and racing, I suppose. How was your week, Damien? My week was great. Um, Another congratulations, Joe. Yes, yeah. exactly. As no, everybody don't know us. I have been warned to limit your GA talk to 10 Four seconds. <laughs> Yeah, we'll give it ten seconds. Okay, to, ten seconds to, to gloat. I got a trip to London. We we got a trip to London. We won the All Ireland quarter final, and we're now on to an All Ireland semi final next Sunday with the Glamour Ladies Intermediates. And congratulations as well to Sarah's Camogie Senior Team, who also won with ten seconds. Six players, ten seconds six players in both. There, go back. Ten seconds off. Cool. All right. Well done. Well done. Well done. I'm sure we'll hear more about it next week again when you. When you went, when you went, you'll definitely win it. Might not be here, Brian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so again, thanks a million. We, you know, it's great. As we said last week, it's great to get feedback on episodes. And I have to say, we got again, once again, we got a lot of messages in from our podcast last week with Keith Russell, and people are kind of, you know, look at. We don't like to, I suppose, pat ourselves on the back, but the great guests of, you know, has been kind of on the upward spiral for some time now. Again. And it doesn't stop there. We have a brilliant guest this week, David Gillick. Again, David Gillick is well known to so many people. You know, has loads of irons in the fire. Um, you know, he does something similar to what we do through Facebook Live. So did a great amount of stuff there in the lead up to the Dublin Marathon. But again, back to Keith Russell, you know, um, a very emotional story. And again, I, you know, I got one message in from someone, and I won't name names, but one message in from someone who you know, touched a bit of a nerve with who, who who lost a child, I suppose, as well, unfortunately. And um, you know, it's it's there's human sides to all of us, and some of us don't even know what some of our running friends and clubmates have been through. But the one thing I will say is even with myself, I've had a few ups and downs over times, and uh running is certainly a great way to keep the, the head strong and you know to keep it moving forward. So well done to Keith. And if anyone hasn't heard of it yet, I, again it's well worth going back and listening to the previous episode. Yeah, no, definitely a great interview. Um, lovely man, lovely chap. Um, really, really, really enjoyed it. And again, thanks to everyone for the feedback. So, Brian, we'll start off with the competition last week for Farm Four. Uh, yeah, great response to that as well. Great response, it? yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, um, it's on Saint Stephen's Day. So a, a great, great, great event to go out and blow the cobwebs off, as have we said before. Um, yep. And again, thank you for them for giving us the prizes. We have two winners. So our winner is Michelle Nee and Cheryl Linda. Linda, sorry, Cheryl Linda, who are the winners of the competition. So we've been in contact with you. Um, this goes out on Monday, so we Monday we'll be in contact with you 
Um, and we'll sort out the entries for you. But congratulations on the win. And thank you to everybody who entered this race because our competition, because it's going to be a brilliant race. You can see that by the reaction to the competition as well. Yeah. And again, plenty of time still to sign up. Uh, St. Stephen's Day, as we said. So that's the Main Valley Farron for 5K. Go to Eventmaster or go to their social media pages to find out loads of prizes as well, category prizes. So Definitely one of the there's many great races over the festive season, um, and that's certainly one. And quickly moving to another one, this is one of our best competitions that we've had in a you know a while. And in fairness to Toker SC have been onto us, and again, as I said, that's another big big race over the festive season. It takes place on December thirty first, so new race of the year. Um, I've done this one a few times. It's a pretty fast course. Definitely uh, ability to get a PB on this course, and amazingly. We have five entries to give away. So that's very generous of the guys in Toker SE. We have actually five entries to give away this week. And because we have five entries, we're going to do it slightly different. Slightly. So this time, slightly, slightly different, yeah. So this time, what we're asking everybody to do is, in the once we put out the competition uh, and their chance to win the entries, we're asking you to mention in the comments, who was your favorite guest and why? Simple as that. Who was and your favourite guest? Be, the white can be doesn't have to be that long, people. You, and no, do no. What? you don't have to give away. I'm going to say you don't have to give away. Say why if you want, because we, we, we'd like to hear it. I'd, I'd, I'd like away. <laughs> don't have to. So we'll see whose side everyone's on. <laughs> okay. But anyway, um, five entries. Talk Racy 5K, 31st of December. One of the best races, as I said, over the year, but certainly oh. one of the best races over the festive period. Get on it. Um, and a great chance to win an entry. Five entries to give away. So once we put this out there, Make sure you start uh, commenting away. And as I said, it's not tag your friend this week. It's no, your favourite episode. It's your, your favourite guest. Favourite guest that we've had on in our 71 episodes, which it is now. So you have one of probably, I'd say, about 68 guests, because I think we've had one or two where we've had at the start where we had no guests. Yeah. So yeah. there is plenty to pick from. But look, as I said, give us a name and the reason why, if you if you do like it, but look, we we won't hold a gun over your head for that one. So <laughs> leave it up to that one. Right. It was a week of awards, anyway. That's for sure. Um, and a lot of the news section we have this week is about awards. So previous guest or uh, previous guest twice actually, and uh, recent second place in the Dublin Marathon, Rain Creech received the Cork Sports Athlete of the Month uh, just last week. There, so congratulations to Rain again. You know, I've heard Ryan's main name mentioned a few times this week, actually. And again, the same old comment that we always say, you know, not just a great runner, but a top guy as well. So well-deserved, uh, Ryan, for your efforts there in Dublin. And I know, again, you have a great support team around you. So, well, that's that's an award for everybody there involved with Ryan's progress, both at club, club support and family support as well. So keep going, Ryan. We're all watching how you're progressing and uh, all behind you for sure. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. But I think the big awards of the week for the National Athletic Awards, um, the 123.ie National Athletic Awards, give us full title. So there was, I think it was, a, what was it, Brian, about 20, 20 awards. 20, 20 big awards, awards. Yeah. yeah. So look, I think we we won't, we, we'll do everyone justice, but we will name them all out and we'll obviously highlight the ones of the people that we do know ourselves. So one of the more popular ones of the day, I think, was the Hall of Fame by Mark, Mark Carroll. Um, a very, very, very well deserved award. Um, incredible service to the sport. Uh, incredible athlete. Definitely on our list. 
yeah. um, to get on. So if anyone has connections to Mark, can you please let him know that we're looking for him and can he just <laughs> come on? Um, we might be doing this quite a bit on this list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Second up, so again, one of the big prizes on the night, the Athlete of the Year was actually shared and shared by two female athletes. And again, when you hear the names, I suppose there's no doubting both had had a fantastic year. So Kerr McGeegan and Rashida Leke, uh, won the athlete of the year, so well done to both there as well. Yeah, and that is now three. That that's three people who are actually generally on our list. And yeah. we'll go to the next person who makes it number four, who's on our list. Um, is sorry, you know, yeah. so the endurance athlete of the year, which was Brian Fay. He's definitely on my. I I just I love to interview Brian Fay. Yeah. Big fan of him. Big sure. fan. Um, Lot to get through. We keep yeah. going, will we? Under yeah, twenty well, athlete, under twenty, uh, sorry, under twenty athlete of the year, Elizabeth Ndudi. So we'll learn Elizabeth there. Yeah, under twenty three athlete of the year, Brady Shaylecki. Track athlete of the year, Kerr McGeegan. Field athlete of the year, Eric Favors. Lovely man, actually, really nice man. Yeah, Eric is sound. Again, no surprise in the next one. I think the team of the year was the four by four hundred mixed relays at the World Championships. There again, they had an outstanding championship. So. Well deserved. Yeah, inspirational performance. And Irish Saul is Israel. Is it less? Let, Ola Tunda. Ola Tunda. Yeah, I can yeah. never get that right. So that was a sixty-meter record in the sport Ireland in NIA. We're halfway there now. Lifetime services to athletics. Matt Lynch. Uh, special rec- special recognition award was John Harnett and Susan Smith Walsh. Performance club of the year was Leeville AC. Service services to coaching was John Sheehan. Official of the year, Martin Wilkinson. Um, development of the club of the year was Fat Horse AC. Mountain runner of the year, Becky Quinn. Masters athlete of the year, um, Annette Quaid from Leeville. Yeah, great year for Annette as well. Yeah, great uh, year. Yeah. Ultra runner of the year, Karen McGongal. Karen McGongal, sorry, Karen. Uh, schools athlete of the year, Adam Nolan. And finally, University athlete of the year, Nicola. Total. So again, 20 winners. There are some names very, very familiar to many. Uh, so well done to all. And just nice to recognize people in athletics. I think, again, it's a sport that we've even been talking about over the last couple of weeks. That's probably, unfortunately, not in the front pages as much as it should be and not as much as we'd like it to be. So again, well done to everybody who, who were performing. And it's a great honor. Like the, all these awards, every yeah. single one of them is a massive honor to receive, you know, and, you know, generally massive congratulations to everybody. You know, you wouldn't mind being up there one day yourself, Brian, for the ultra senior masters, you know, for winning the over 80 category, you know, That's world it. record held, the whole lot of it. You know, what's that, two years away? You know, keep the training going now, you're laughing. The only award I get now is abuse from you award, I think, whatever, if there's a category there for that one. Well, right. You were, you were complimented on your age earlier this week, so, you know. I did get one, yeah. One year isn't too bad, I suppose. One year isn't too bad. Yeah. Right, we better move on to the results section again. Pretty busy weekend um, over the, the last two days there in particular. Yeah, so of course, look, the results section is sponsored by Wellbeing um, of Glenmire and Neptune. So again, make sure you pop in, give them a hello and sample some really tasty coffee after a run. So again, thank you to Wellbeing. Absolutely, yep. Okay, so a couple of big races over the weekend. We're going to go over a few, and obviously we have Lindy back again with us this week to review some as well. So we're going to start off with Saturday, and uh, it was a busy day in Clonakilty for the Waterford Full Half and 10K. And over the three events there, I believe there was 1,237 ran across the three events. 
Um, in the marathon, uh, Tudor McDovan was first home there from Clonliffe Har- Harriers in a time of two hours, 30 minutes and 57 seconds. And he, um, Unbelievable running, isn't it? Like, yeah, it's a like, hard, hard course. It's a hard like. course, and he was mm. 20 minutes ahead of seconds. So yeah. there, there was not one point in that race where he ran with someone, like, except for literally the start line. The start line, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think all the races went off together, so they probably so was he might have had, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and that's probably how I kind of read a few bit about like there's some people I read, you know, you weren't sure at one stage whether you're a 10k with your half marathon guy, you know. So, you know, mm-hmm. I'd see the thing we'll get to that in a minute at the times yeah. there, but obviously, yeah. if someone was around you running fast, but um, second, as you said, uh, Mike Sheehy West Limerick AC was 249.30, so a bit of a gap there, and third, Mike Griffin Mayo AC in 252.06, so that was the one, two, three there, and in the ladies' event. Um, we mentioned this woman last week and how she loved the hills. So yeah. was she was built for this course. I'd say uh, so. Well done to Dolores Duffy from Watergrass Hill AC uh, in a time of three thirty eight fifty five, followed by Kate Smith three forty two ten and Emily Ahern three forty three forty two forty three. And with that, we've actually got Tudor and uh, Dolores as well, both the winners from yesterday who uh, we caught up with and just gave us their thoughts on the day itself. Brian, thank you so much for your message regarding Lona Kilty Martin. Yeah, it was a lovely event, a perfect day, not very not very warm, not, not very chill. Uh, less wind compared with last year. Last year was a disaster. This year was, was a little bit better. The course is it's, it's very difficult. It's like 392 meters, uh, different altitude in elevation. So you have like Two little climbs in the around eight mile and then about 10 mile and then you have the big killer hill about 30 kilometers mark yeah my my, my goal was to run under 230 just an easy tempo run good good strong 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 tempo run i ran 229 34 something like that uh official i run a little bit more with 450 meters, I, I I miss a curve and then I come back and I end up in a, in a cul-de-sac. So yeah, everything was 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 okay. The, the legs are good. It's a lovely event, and I was very grateful to be there. Okay, thank you so much, Brian. Did marathon number 99 yesterday in Clonakilty full. Um, it was a perfect day for it. Ideal conditions. First three miles or so are flat, which is grand to warm up. And then we got into the hills and it was hills the whole way. Second half was even hillier than the first half, um, but it was perfect. Really enjoyed it. Came in in first female place in the end. And Tudor did an amazing new course record as first male um, in a superb time of 2.30. So loved it. Okay, so again, brilliant from Tudor and Dolores, two super runners and very consistent runners as well. So great, great results for them. Yeah, super racing. Okay, um, half marathon. Yeah, so half marathon. I suppose I'll jump onto this. Um, so in first place was Niall Shield from St. Um, Killian's AC in a time of 116.52. In second was John O'Brien from Ballymore Cove in 119.35 and Dan O'Sullivan from Danamore AC in 121.10. In the ladies, Laura Wolf from Leeville in one twenty six twenty two, with Karen Walsh one twenty nine fifty two in second, and Anita Locke in one thirty twenty two was third overall. And as you heard in Dolores's piece, there John did that half marathon as part of a twenty mile run, so quite impressive there from John. So great running, and uh, Dan O'Sullivan third, very deserving to an odd Dan, a great great. Uh, 
commitment to the sport over many, many years now. So well done, Dan. Well deserved there as well. In the 10K, another race that was on in the day, uh, 10K results. We had Mihai Sprintson from Clonliffe Harriers in a time of 29.51. Second, sometime, yeah, yeah. I'll come to that a bit in a minute. Let me let me come back to that one. Second, Mark Walsh from Leeville AC in a time of 30.39. And third, Nathan Ryan O'Hare from St. Finbar's AC in 32.46. In the ladies' event, Catherine Murphy again, another lady having a fantastic year from Eagle AC in a time of 36.23. Second, Genevieve Collins Bear. Uh, Barry AC in a time of 42 minutes flat and third Kate Walsh in a time of 41.58 so I, I, I didn't I, and I, I'm going to preempt probably course short I think so no I could be wrong but I, it was a comment like again I don't want to be overcritical because look it's a fantastic event and you know supported by many many runners and I wasn't there and I've never ran clan um but I, I hear so, and we spoke about this with Andy only less the last week or the week before. Again, you know, people either love it or hate it, and that's both in terms of the course itself because it's, it's a very challenging course, and I suppose in the organisation as well. You know, again, it's a fantastic event. You know, great support out there. Seems to be great buzz, but there always seems to be some story hanging around it. You I, know, and look, I, I'm, and not, I, I'm not a fan of it. I'm yeah. Not. I'm yeah, not, I, I can't say I'm either, but I know loads are, so I don't want to be critical. Yeah. But I will put out there again this morning, you know, I heard absolutely the same thing again, really mixed reports from the fantastic and everything was brilliant. And as you heard from some of the commentary there that we had earlier, very positive stuff. And then you, I've heard stories about the course not being measured right. No mile markers whatsoever on the course. Um, or no markers at all on the course at any of the three distances. And worst of all, and I think this one didn't sit with me well at all today when I heard it, um, from a runner who finished well up the field, and I mean within the top 10, who got, when he collected his marathon medal, and this is a marathon, you know, I'm, and I know this person, and I saw his comment, and it would be the same with what I'd say about myself, in terms of, look, I get medals for, you know, many races, but I do treasure the marathon medals mm. for sure. You know, half marathons, 10Ks, 5Ks, I don't really collect them, but I do hold on to my marathon medals and I take pride in them. And the person said that they got last year's medal, um, which, you know, I, I, I kind of find it hard to believe. And yeah. and then I think when he questioned it, he was kind of given, he was happy to take it, but it was kind of a blank medal that was, you know, kind of, so I don't know, there's just, I just kind of get these constant vibes. And again, I don't want to be critical because there's so many people speak so, so highly of it as well. And that's very important. And there's enough, you know, there's enough, you know, a lot of volunteers obviously behind the scenes as well, but it just always has that little piece. There's, there's always been something. There's every there's year. Always been something, been yeah. something. And, and again, in the build up, the course yeah. changed. Like a lot of people said to me that, you know, when the course was the flat course, uh, they changed the course, Court McSherry, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, I know one person again, again, I won't name him who we both know who I ran with this morning there in, in warm up and cool down. And, you know, I was targeting the half marathon because. It was meant to be on a flatter course. And then it was just, and again, some of these things are outside our control, but as I said, it just comes always with some baggage, you know? Well, there was no rain and there was no floods. You know, I don't know why that decision was made so long ago. Anyway, I'm not going to harp on because I, 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 yeah, all right. But again, well done to everybody who ran there. Yeah. Well done. To That's important. And they're, yeah. they're the important people. And I mean yeah. that, I mean, honestly, the people who got out, the 1,200 odd people who got out 
Yeah, well done Any, to you. Absolutely. Anyone who stewarded, I saw videos there from my run results who were the time company. It did look exciting. It did look spectacular. And, it, you know, it's obviously a spectacular course in terms of views. So not being overcritical, it's basic stuff, really, that I think they seem to get wrong. So, mm. you know, get them right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. Yeah, exactly. And we did right. say we call it, you know, we always said that from day one, we'd, we'd call it the way we see it. We weren't going to, you know, Say, say everything was great if yeah. it's not you know because we were giving yeah. up to that we were giving up one day about that saying why did you say every race is great because we will say yeah. every race is great no we will it, yeah yeah, it, Genuinely, when, it, yeah. when it's great when something's yeah. not great i will call it out and yeah. simple as that yeah. right we go to the big race of the weekend brian for you well sunday yeah, sunday. yeah. absolutely yes yeah. so i traveled to watergrass hill yeah, um, so I'll go through the results first. I'll go through the results, we'll, yeah. We'll come back to you then after that. We'll come back and hear your point of view on it. So in first place, in a very, very impressive time, and his PB um, is Dennis Hagerty of Lee Valle AC in 1953, followed by Conor McCauley in 2012, and then in noon in 2019. So a very good race. I Obviously, I don't know. I don't, don't know if you know it. Or they, they were looks like they could have been together for a while, and then probably the last mile or so they they broke up. But close enough race there. In the ladies, again, an unbelievable performance from the woman of the hour at the moment in 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 road running, Shauna Heaslip from Unreoct in twenty forty three, smashing the course record. Um. And in second place was Aoife Cook from Eagle AC in 23-22. And in third place was Linda Kelly from Carrigaline AC in 24-53. How yeah. was it, Brian? Brilliant. As always, look, again, we spoke, this was one of our featured fixtures over the last couple of weeks. So we, you know, we did comment a lot about the whole organisation of this race. So again, our own good friend Rory was right at the helm, along with likes of Kalesh and David and Many, many more there involved with uh, Watergrass Hill. Um, but yeah, look, very well stewarded course. Um, it's, a, it's a very, you know, for those, you know it anyway, but like the first yeah. mile. Actually, funny enough, when I came along at the start, you know, I was looking, I was like saying, well, Conor McCauley's here, Dennis Hagerty's here, Aidan Noon is here. You were kind of saying, geez, there's a good feel here. Or on Andy, obviously, as well. Um, but Aoife, to be fair to her as well, Aoife finished second. She's only just coming back. She used it as a tempo run, so... Even though Sean is on fire at the moment, Eva was kind of probably not flat out either, but still had a very good run. Um, but like Sean, he's the, <laughs> I just, I, and I had a conversation with her, but like, what a fantastic running style. I've never seen someone to skip along the ro- road like it. And it kept the amount of people, and I know, she, I, I'm hoping Sean is listening because she might be conscious of it herself, but the amount of people who came up to me and said, and I'm talking about people who were near the front, you know, and probably running around her was like saying, like, she was barely touching the ground. Yeah. You know, she was just gliding along the ground. And I could see her for very briefly because she started to disappear off into the distance. But thankfully, at the start, you have that height advantage that you can look down on the front runners. And her leg kick is phenomenal. Um, You know, her leg kick is just, I've never seen anything like it, to be honest about it, you know. Yeah. Um, phenomenal runner. Uh, but yeah, a great, great course challenging first mile in particular but once you get over that um it's a lovely run around there um but well again great great race rory was in flying form no sign of his arm shorts um but he did a good job there presenting and i'd say they were happy that all went off well and fairly smooth in the end and so nice and they spread afterwards good spread of fruit afterwards plenty of uh uh praises as well so 
Yeah, what more can you ask for? Yeah, all good. Well, yeah, positive well, event. Well done to Watergrass Hill and yet another successful um, run um, race. Now, I will mention one person who I think deserves a, a welcome back, Colin Merritt. Um, yeah. It's great to see Colin back running. Colin finished sixth overall in 2052, and Colin has been plagued with injuries for a while now. And yet he still can come out and run twenty fifty two. I know he's training and I know that, but you know it's different when you don't have to do it in a race. Um mm-hmm. so a special mention there to Colin. And I suppose we'd have to say well done Tandy as well, really, really, do we? You know, for uh, seventh seventh place. Well, we have to be to? fair, I gave him I, I I gave him the pep top in the warm up and oh, uh, that's yeah, got I also I also gave him a gel, so I'd say that made all the difference. Oh, sure, that's, that's, oh, yeah, no, I take it back. I take it back. Yeah, Brian, yeah. Brian, well done to you. Thanks, thanks to me, yeah. 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 <laughs> so, no, look, well done to everyone. Well done to you, Brian. Um, how did the race go for you? Yeah, I didn't attack it over, you know, massively overall. I kind of held back there because I probably will do to do Halo 5K next week, which which will be more of a kind of a course that you can go after, really. Uh, so, I was a few seconds slower than last year, but not far off it. So, I didn't know what my time was from last year. Actually, I should have probably checked that out beforehand and I would have probably dipped under it, so... Yeah, I enjoyed it. Good race. Um, seem to be doing a lot of... No, look, this race isn't hilly as such, bar that one big hill, but between Irie's now and a bit of training I'm doing around here, I'm seeing a lot of hills, so looking forward to a flat one next week. Yeah, exactly. Flat and fast next week. But look, mm-hmm. again, well done to Watergrass Hill. Um, we move on. Yep. The Munster Intermediate uh, cross-country was on today, and there was um, wins for Tully Forrestal from East Cork AC. The men with Declan Ganan in from West Cork in second West place. You'll kill you for that. What did I say? West Cork. Jesus, sorry, West Limerick. Christ, yeah, sorry, Declan. Definitely. I apologize. Yes, yeah. we are after losing. After losing one listener there. Yeah, anyway. yeah. sorry, apologies. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'll go to the ball corner there in a minute. Uh, from West Limerick AC, um, with Brian Murphy from um Ivory AC. In sorry, I'm losing my notes. Um, in third place altogether. With NS Track Club taking the win in that and Greenwich from Moy in second. Um in the ladies, um, a name we haven't really mentioned this year at all. Um Keely Tidesdale from Clamel AC in first place, with Anne Marie is a Codlin in from NS Track Club AC in second place. And I always get this wrong. What is it? Avian. Avian. I can never it's just Avian Lawton from Doris AC at least I admitted it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's half the problem. <laughs> in yeah. third place. Um so well done to her and Clamel AC took the win there and Ennis Track Club was in second place. But just to go back to Keeley again, like what a year again, whether it be road, uh trail, cross country, she seems to be like again, I know we joke about Michelle Kenny and Keeley, but they're probably the two names we've mentioned more than anybody and she seems to have gone strength to strength to be fair consistent so yeah. so much consistency so much consistency yeah, and it's, exactly. it's, it's brilliant you know it's it look it probably goes back to us Brian, in a way and i know i said this before you for it um racing is a great way to actually stay fit you know yeah, and yeah. you know i i said to you before and once this ga season's finished in three weeks i will get back into it but up to then my my head is not in in it, but I can tell you no, three weeks time from the I I say the eighteenth, but I'll be sore head in the eighteenth. So the nineteenth of December, I will be back running properly. 
Okay, just over 40s all over Ireland shaking in their boots shaking right now. Shaking in their boots. Shaking, the good in, news, shaking their alpha flies. The good news is hearty and some of them moving out of the over 40 categories next year, I think so. <laughs> I have targets. Because I was two more coming in though, that's the yeah, problem. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Okay, so we better keep going and we're going to move on now to results from elsewhere around the country. So we're going to hand you over to Lindy Norton again and uh, we'll hear all the latest from Lindy. Good evening, lads and lassies. At Sunday's well-supported Dublin Intermediate Cross-Country Championships held on a new-look course at Tymond Park North, Kristen Scollard of Dublin City Harriers and Eddie O'Connor of Brothers Pierce AC took the individual titles. First up were the women, and from the start, Scollard was part of a lead pack of about six, with Juno Doral Mofini of Denor Harriers pushing the pace. In the later stages of the tough 5K race, Scholar broke away to win in a time of 19 minutes, 18 seconds. Feeney was 10 seconds behind for second, followed by Rohini Pear, Kate Crowley and Ashling Ahern. In a closely fought team competition, civil service harriers led by Laura Collins sixth and Ashlyn Ahern seventh beat Rohini Shamrock by just two points. It was a first Dublin title in many years for the Phoenix Park based uh, civil service harriers. DCH was third, followed by Denor Harriers, Liffey Valley, Sportsworld and Clonliffe Harriers. In the men's eight kilometre race, O'Connor pushed the pace from the start, building up a strong lead on the first of four 2km laps of a course that included one very slippery and increasingly mucky hill. Although he faded slightly on the final lap, O'Connor held on for victory in 26 minutes, three seconds. Just eight seconds behind was Fintan Cairns of Clonliffe Harriers, with his teammate Niall Carberry a close third. With three in the top five, Clonliffe were clear winners of the team title. Making up the team was Ben Coughlin fifth and Sean Heaslip Owen eleventh. Finishing a fighting fourth was Alex Cunningham of Brothers Pierce, who was helping his team to second behind Clonliffe. Making up the Brothers Pierce team were Carl Ennis fifteenth and Robert O'Brien twenty fourth. A deserved third place was Liffey Valley, for whom the lucky 13, the number 13 must have been lucky yesterday. They fielded 13 athletes, with David Carroll leading the team home in 13th place. Carroll was followed by Mark Naylor, 17th, Connor Galvin, 20th, and James McKenna, 26th. Very consistent running. Deserving a special mention is Ronan Wogan of Timing Company, MyRunResults.com. Not only was Ronan on hand to supervise the timing of the day's races, which included a packed juvenile programme, he togged out himself, finishing a commendable 10th and first home for Rohini Shamrock, who were fourth team. Denor Harriers finished fifth, Sportsworld sixth, Civil Service seventh, and Rathfarnham WSAF eighth. Big thanks go to South Dublin County Council, who gave the Dublin board and the organising team led by Adam Jones of Rathfarnham WASAF permission to use Time and Park. They even cleared a new opening through a long established hedge for the race to go through. Their support is hugely appreciated. A day earlier, the Irish Life Business Houses Cross Country had been due to take place at Santry Domain, which is managed by Fingal County Council. This was called off to prevent damage to the grassy areas of the park after the recent rain. It's now rescheduled for January and let's hope it goes ahead. On the roads, 
Clonif Harriers Raiders won two of the three races at the Clonakilty Waterfront Marathon, Half Marathon and 10K, held down your way in Cork on Saturday. In the 10K, entry fee 50 euro. Mihai Sprissian was the winner in a very respectable time of 29 minutes, 51 seconds, while Tudor Maldivan won the marathon in one hour, 30 minutes, sorry, two hours, what am I saying? Two hours, 30 minutes, 58 seconds. I wonder what the prize money was. Closer to home at the Clane 10K in County Kildare, former Irish marathon champion Martin Hall of Selbridge AC proved the class of the field with his time of 31 minutes, 18 seconds, putting him almost three minutes clear of the chasers, led by Lee Fulcher of Plant-Based AC, who was also M50, first M50 in 34 minutes, 12 seconds. First woman was Laura MacDonald of Rathbarnham, WSAF, in 36.41. That's all, folks, for this week. Okay, brilliant roundup again from Lindy. Uh, obviously, some standout performances there in the Leinster Championships. Uh, great win from Martin Hoare, uh, Dublin Martin, previous winner there in Clean 5K as well. So, uh, well done to everybody. And I suppose with that, we'll keep moving. Uh, we have a long interview coming up, so we'll move on to the featured fixtures now. So, we start with Duhalla AC, um, which is on the 3rd of December at 1 o'clock in Newmarket. As everybody knows, it's one of the fastest 5Ks in the whole of Ireland. A great course for PBs, and which is Brian's going to be chasing himself. Um, and first athlete Holmes wins the Ger Murphy Petroleum Cup as well. So massive pride funds, you know, well worth it. Sign up on Eventmaster. Um, great race. Don't miss yeah. it. I think it's a bit earlier this year, is it? Is it normally weird? That was a discussion we were having there today as well. I think it's normally a week or two later. So a bit earlier this year, but yeah, great race in fairness, yeah. And as we mentioned earlier, another very fast one over Christmas uh, was one of our prizes there from last week. So it's the main valley Farn for 5K. Loads of prizes there again. It's on St. Stephen's Day. There's actually two distances. There's a 2K fun run that starts at 1020 and the 5K itself starts at 11 a.m. So that's in Farn 4, flat course, fast course. Uh, one, again, not to be missed if you're looking for a race over Christmas. Um, so check it out uh, again on their Facebook page, social media pages, and Eventmaster. Look up Main Valley Farn 4 5K. Yeah, and then, of course, you have the Toker AC uh, 5K race on Sunday the 31st of December. Um, this is, again, it's a race both of us have done a good few times, Brian. Really, really yeah. good race, really fast race. Very well supported, um, great atmosphere around the place. And I think especially the New Year's, you know, we have that atmosphere of people going out, slogging it out and, you know, going away then enjoying their New Year's after that and starting the New Year resolution from yeah. that point. You know, yeah, it's a good yeah. starting point to have. So, uh, again, like all races, event master at the moment, make sure you go up and sign up on that because that is a very, very good race and fast yeah. race. Yeah, to be nice. That, to that's off. actually that's three very fast races. Three very fast that. races. Yeah, absolutely. I think my, I think at one stage or another, I've well, I didn't do the main valley, but definitely Toker and Duhallo were my five k pbs at some stage, and I've, uh, they've, yeah. they've always been I, up there, like you know. I agree with you for me as well. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, and good crowds at both races are all races there. In fairness, all three races would attract a good crowd. You could end up with a pb at the back end of the year and then start off. With another fast race maybe in January and get a PB for the new year straight away off off your recent training. Exactly. No. 
anybody any club who would wish to come on and feature other featured fixtures again please don't hesitate to reach out to us we will be more than happy um to facilitate it so give us a shout we'd be delighted for people to join us um with that brian i think we have our interview to come now with david gillick um david and fairness gave us plenty of his time again during the week um this is well over, it's not well over, it's a nice bit over the hour oh, long, yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, it's it's a brilliant interview, I really actually enjoyed it, um, time will fly, and I mean that, so mm-hmm. I think it's well worth, and you couldn't cram this any less, you know, you could not have yeah. done this any justice. I think we less. did, yeah, I think we did well to get it in, what we got into the hour in fairness, because there was yeah. some subjects you could have fattened out a bit more for sure, you know. Yeah, so, look, enjoy it, and um, we will see you on the other side, and again, thank you to David Gillick, and Enjoy. Today we are joined by a man of many talents. He's Ireland's one of Ireland's greatest sprinters, an Olympian, winner of MasterChef, final in Hell's Week, publisher of two books, and best of all, the Sub Three Marathon in Dublin this year. Please welcome David Gillick. David, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks. That was a that was a good intro. The, the last bit is new. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I've I've got to ask you, David, about the last bit, actually, if you don't mind. So what was your time in Dublin? Uh, 2.58.59. Okay. Oh, the reason I ask is Damien regularly slags me because I haven't quite got there yet. I was 3.03 this year. and um, But I'm just starting to notice a trend because last week we had Keith Russell on, who was 2.57. And now you're on this week at 2.58. So I, I think he's kind of selecting the guests very much to yeah. rub me up the wrong way, you know? <laughs> Yeah. I think I'm going to find someone with a two fifty nine fifty nine next week. <laughs> Do you believe? I know, I know the very man. A, a fellow here used to play guy with ran two fifty nine fifty nine. That's oh, that's the holy see, way, isn't it? I see a few posts by the other way where a few people had put up that they were three oh one oh one. I think or three sorry three whatever zero zero oh one and like some very funny ones were like just say you did two fifty nine sixty one seconds. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, we anyway, we go. It's be long term for your match for that, Brian. Anyway, look next sure. year for you, all right? Next year, we'll have another crack at it. Um, no, Dave, I think we start off with, like we do with all of them. We're going to do it or not so rapid fire, rapid fire questions. Um, so we're going to start off nice and easy to break it in, and we come to the slightly harder yeah. ones later on. So, our first one road, treadmill, or trail? Yeah, road. Even yeah. over track? Oh, was track in there? Well, we, well, we, we had track. No, we should have had track in yeah, there. Actually, I, I, yeah. Track as well, so. <laughs> um, track. <laughs> track. Still. <laughs> I was expecting oh, yeah, that one. Yeah, i got to stick to my roots, you know? Yeah, that's it. I think I know the answer to the next one as well. Well, again, we'll ask it. Favourite shoe brand? Oh, Asics. Yeah, Asics. With a big A on his top. <laughs> <laughs> Miles or kilometres? Kilometres. Ooh, that's we've had a run of miles for a while now, so yeah. Uh, any race superstitions? Oh, god, plenty, plenty. <laughs> Give us one, one. listen to some. <laughs> Give us one. One was, um, um, I had when I was when I was on the circuit, I had to sleep in the bed that was closest to the door. Okay, interesting. And usually it's the opposite because they start with the person be attacked first through the door, you get the race <laughs> next day. <laughs> It was a weird one, and it was even all the better when I went to Madrid 
long story short, and it was I was room with a Japanese guy who I didn't know, had no word of English, and I got there after him and he had my bed. Oh he wasn't moving. <laughs> <laughs> I ran well the following day, so I kind of thought, well, that's superstitious, a lot of shite. So that's yeah, we, we, we no you no you don't care anymore. Who's the most famous person on your phone contact list? Uh, the most famous person. Um, it's a, a random one. I have most famous person. That no Quinn is in my contacts for some. That's, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Good yeah. So um, yeah, no Quinn. Let's go with no Quinn. Okay. Okay. Uh, your favorite race. My favorite race. Um, my favorite race. Oh, that's a good one. Um, These are all good ones, David. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I suppose it has to be like, it has to be, say, the indoors in 07. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. We'll, we'll come back to that. We must touch on that one. So, hot or cold weather to train in? Uh, hot weather. Morning or evening runner? Morning. If you didn't run, you would? Um, if I didn't run, I'd be probably maybe a school teacher. Okay, yeah, it's the first first one. Yeah, these are random. Uh, yeah, very random. Yeah, <laughs> I can't, you can't run without a pair of runners. Your Essex runners, yeah. Second, second day in a row. Um, yeah. so here's the two ones that catch people. Right, you know, one of these, as I said last week, as well. The two, um, Keith. So my one is favorite book, favorite sports book or movie. Oh, great, good show. Um, uh, book I'll probably go with um, uh, Paul McGrath's book is fantastic. Love it, absolutely love it. Yeah. Um, and I'd I'd go with um, just because I read it recently. Um, Roddy Collins. Oh yeah. Right. Uh, League of Ireland football manager stuff like that hilarious book great insights and yeah just insightful so there's two uh, movie wise um, oh sports movie oh god you put me on the spot you now. don't have to know it's either one or the other we leave you book, 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 book. go with books yeah yeah right. I, I read a pomegranate and I thought that was an incredible read absolutely incredible story and you yeah. don't need to be into sports to enjoy that one either no. actually yeah um Okay, the big one. If you could take the place of another person in your greatest sporting <laughs> moment, who would it be and why? If anyone oh. knows, who, obviously people can't see this, but David is now literally clinching his face while trying to think of this one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Paul McGrath, the Giant Stadium wouldn't have been a bad show, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There you go. I, well, going on that trend, I'd probably go, because of the significance of it, uh, Roy Keane in the Champions League semi-final against Juventus. Brilliant. Yeah. Are you a Man United fan by any chance? Um, I, no, I'm actually a Sunderland fan, so there is still a Roy Keane. Okay. There's there's a question for that later on. So you're. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there you go. There you go. Yeah, Roy Roy Keane against Juventus. Yeah, gee, he was mm-hmm. he was brilliant. He was, and that was a team that like Zidane and all the lads. You know. Yeah. Uh, Keane was phenomenal. No. no, you don't have to mention a Cork person because you're talking two lads from Cork. I, Peter, I'm, so, trying yeah. to, I'm trying to get the good point <laughs> here, so go easy on me, will yeah. you? Right, it. so Dave, that's it. You're you're okay. You're off the. Oh, jeez, relax now. Relax yeah. now. It right. gets easier. It gets easier. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Okay, obviously, it's your first time on the show. People probably, everyone would have heard of you and everything like that. But can you give us a, a brief overview, and you doesn't have to be exactly, of, you know, obviously, you're a sprinter. Mm. Um, when did you get into sprinting? You know, who was kind of the biggest influence on you in them early days and kind of things like that? Yeah, so um, I would have would have ran from a very young age, uh, local club, DSD, Dundrum, South Dublin, uh, on the youngest of four. So my brothers, my sister, uh, and then me, we all ran. We all took part in athletics. Um, played a lot of us other sport growing up. Um, I was fortunate enough to have a, a teacher in my primary school that was into athletics. So in Dublin, you have the primary school sports, so coming to Bun School. And that kind of got me into kind of competitive athletics at a young age. Joined the running club, did everything from like cross country to flipping the shot put. Um, to sprinting and then through the years began to realise secondary school again did a lot of cross country but began to kind of see that like speed was something that I had um, and the talent to run fast so you know through the teenage years um, my running club Dundrum was with like Eddie McDonough and then there was a, a, a sprints coach called Jim Kidd uh, Mr Kidd for some reason we used to call him um, and he was probably the first one to kind of to kind of realize that you know the shorter distances were probably where I kind of would would stand out more, um, and I think at that young age you're a little bit like, you know, been a a four hundred or destined to be a four hundred meter runner. You could have very easily ran eight, you know, eight hundred meters. But Jim kind of saw something in me, and then ended up doing like um, I think it was two hundred fifty meter hurdles was my first of the longer sprint at a young age, and then ended up moving on to four hundreds. And I think, um. Probably the biggest, the biggest kind of clincher for me was going to the World Juniors in two thousand and two. I didn't make the individual qualification time; I missed that. But we sent a relay team, and I was part of a four by four hundred relay team that went to Kingston, Jamaica, and that was that was amazing. Usain Bolt was two; he's about two years younger than me. So again, as a, I think he must have been about seventeen or something, and he was competing in the juniors, and he won the two hundred. The stadium was just absolutely electric on that Saturday night, and that was. That was the kind of like what, whatever happened to him. Huh? <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. exactly. Where did it all go wrong? <laughs> Where did it all go wrong? But on that night, the stadium, forty-five thousand people packed to shout and bolt, bolt, bolt. Am was, I, he... I have, was that in his he did a documentary? Was it was that was that the year? I wonder because I actually remember yeah. seeing a video of him and the, like the crowd was just uh, it, like, it was like a soccer game. You, you, know, you, you know when people say they were climbing over the walls to get in. They were literally climbing over the walls to get in. And Jamaica had qualified for the World Cup in soccer in 98, right? Um, and in 2002, they were all rocking up wearing the, the like 1998 World Cup jerseys. It was Back just a jersey, by the way, as well. Yeah. It was a great jersey. Yeah. I don't know why I remember that uh, watching it, but it was just one of these experiences where you're going, this is amazing. And mm-hmm. for me, kind of that was a clincher to kind of come back from those championships and just give up all the other sport. I was still playing guard at the time. And um, that was, yeah, that was kind of the start of, I suppose, having a, just focusing on athletics and giving it a go. Yeah. Um, and like, obviously there's the 400. A lot of people might go double 200 and 400. Was there every that or was it always just the 400? It was pretty much always the four. Like I, I was, I was fast, but I wasn't, I wouldn't have been a top 100 meter or even a top 200 meter. Like you had, Dara Graham and Paul Hessian in the 200s and they would have always beaten me so again kind of at that early age as junior like I I wouldn't have been in the top two so kind of 400 was was where 
I I could I could get on the podium and I would have done that in Irish schools at kind of like uh, inter level and then obviously at senior level. So you know that's where the four hundreds really kind of took over. And like when you came back there, as you said, and you realized this is for me, and you're dropping other sports. Like what what changed in athletics? Then like how did it? What was your training then? And what did it go to? Yeah, it's a good question because like I was still training in my local club. Um, you know, student athletes by this stage, I, I'd moved on into college and all. And I actually did try and go full time. Um, and I can remember going into the head of the school. I went to DIT, studied there. And I said, look, I want to go full time athletics. And they were like, no problem. Look, we're always here for you. I lasted two weeks because I soon realized I was sitting around the house going like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, you know, I'm <laughs> waiting to train in the evening. Um, So nothing like I, I probably the biggest thing changed probably was just the fact that I was able to like do double sessions some days. I was able to hit the gym in the morning and then train in the evening. Um, I I wasn't kind of like playing a match at the weekend and missing yeah. a training session. So probably just the, the general mm-hmm. consistency of my of my my training improved, and I I added in more kind of like say an S and C angle to it there. Um, yeah. at that point as well. So probably more the holistic approach to it. I was resting a little bit better and just more focused on what I had to get out of it, you know. And obviously, David, there's like you compare your training then, all right, to when you were in doing the four hundreds to what you've done, we say in the marathon and, and they know they're very yeah, different. Yeah. Like um but strength and conditioning is absolutely vital, I think, for nearly the four hundred meters and two hundred and one hundreds and you it's more gym time than nearly track running and running in general, I'd say, is it? Yeah, like that was one big thing. I kind of, as I progressed, you know, the gym became a key element to my training. Whereas before I might have looked at it as a bit of like, ah, I can miss a session, I'll miss the gym session. Whereas as I kind of got older, I realized because of my events, like it was so important to be strong, so important to be strong in the last hundred meters, just to hold your position. So like even going in and doing your Olympic lifts, like your cleans and your squats and trying to kind of like get the numbers up. What was also very important was like the core work and we were doing Pilates and, and, and things like that because, you know, essentially you're trying to hold your body shape, your positions in the last 50 meters when you're up to the eyeballs in lactic acid, you know. So mm-hmm. I, I think mm-hmm. that element, yeah, became a huge um, area of my game that I it just kind of came to the forefront of what I needed to do. So hence, like, I would have had a strength and conditioning coach, you know what I mean? Whereas before I just would have had a running coach. Yeah, so mm-hmm. you're kind of putting a lot of value on it, and that really helped as well. I was listening to a podcast yesterday, which is actually today. Sorry, uh, yet you done it, dishing it out, and you were talking okay. about um, nutrition and stuff like that, and how your early days, it you know, you could it didn't really matter to you as much. Um, would you go back and would you be a bit more particular with your diet if you were to go back now, or would you just still go feck it? It's all right. Well, I, I think in the early kind of years when I say, you know, I, I was training here in Ireland and then I obviously moved on to over to Loughborough in 2006. And I think prior to going to Loughborough, it was very much I was still living at home. You know what I mean? Like mum was doing the cooking and buying the food and I was just eating what I wanted to. And I probably like, you know, like eating breakfast rolls and all sorts of stuff. I, it, it was just something that I probably didn't put a value on. I didn't I didn't understand the benefit of nutrition. I didn't understand, you know, how it could improve performance. So therefore, like, I just didn't have the basic knowledge. So it didn't really come into my brain that I needed to look after myself in this way. And I think that was, again, when I moved to Loughborough was a big change, you know. And yeah, maybe if I was to look back now and start again, I probably would have changed things a little bit better in it. But I was young, you know what I mean? Like I was, 
I was 19, I was a teenager and you're caught up in, in college as well. Like, so, you know, you're still having the nights out and all that kind of crack as well. So it's probably just a mature maturity thing. You realize I need to look after everything. Like, Yeah. And so as you begin to establish yourself, so I suppose as an, you know, a more, more professional athlete, I suppose, and take us through some of the big highs, I suppose, of the days, you know, over your career. Yeah. Like, you know, thankfully there, there was a few, um, like 2005 was obviously quite a big one for me winning the European indoors. Um, you know, I was, I was 21. Um, we hadn't won a sprint medal before kind of in recent times. So it was quite a step forward and like, it was a great experience, but it was also like, I didn't really, I think sometimes we prepare ourselves for, for the negatives. We prefer like for setbacks, injuries, things like that. But do we actually prepare ourselves for success? And in this occasion, definitely not. Like it was suddenly you're thrown into the limelight a little bit and, you know, nothing had really changed for me. Like, you know, I, on a Friday, I flew out to a championships and on the Monday I came back with a gold medal. And then suddenly people are looking at me differently, differently asking me different questions, more interest. And I found that a little bit overwhelming, like, but, you know, the dream to actually do a lap of honour to get on the podium, Elrond Avin, like that came through and that was just a, like a, a massive experience. Friends and family were there. Um, and then you kind of, you come back in and then it's like, right, well, I got to go again. Shit, I've got the world's coming now. Fuck, you know, and people are like, Geez, well, you want to, you must, you must make a final here, David. You know, you must yeah. run forty fourth, and you're like, holy fuck, you know. And yeah. suddenly, that's the perception, and people are kind of have more of an interest in you. And I struggled with that. So, two thousand five off the back wasn't great. Two thousand six, I had improved, but went to Gothenburg, ran shite, um, bombed in the championship, and that was probably the biggest. As much as it was a bad day, when I look back, that was probably the best day I could have had because it forced me to get the finger out my hole and go right. What do I want out of this? You know, am I happy just being a one hit wonder or am I actually going to knuckle down, take ownership and just absolutely go for it? Uh, and that's pretty much what happened and moved to Loughborough. And then, you know, um, 2007 came around and I retained that European title in a much faster time. Like I ran 45.5, qualified me for Beijing. Um, massive like PB indoors and out um, in the one race. And suddenly you're kind of going, now I belong. Yeah. Now, now this is like this is where I, I should be and it's not in an arrogant way but like there was probably there's probably a bit of like imposter syndrome in 2005 where you're kind of going shit did I just get lucky like maybe yeah. maybe this is it maybe I just got lucky the other fella had a shit day um, but David as well like I do think with again when it comes to the sprints and things like that if you're a slight bit off in a sprint it's just absolutely massive like a point second is mm-hmm. huge so you have to be a hundred percent on your game nearly every time to do to to qualify in these world championships to actually make finals. Like to make a final is incredible, and especially in the hundred, two hundred, and four hundred thing more than any of them. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and you know that's probably you know maybe dabbling around now in the longer distances like a marathon and stuff like that. Like, there there is a bit more of a buffer, whereas in sprinting terms you know, 0. 0.1, 0.01 could be make or break, could be the difference. And like, you know, even if I think to 2010 European final, um, I, I, I missed out on the gold medal by 0. 0.2 of a second. I missed out on the, on the bronze medal by 0. 0.02, you know, there was five and I came fifth, you know, and that's, that's just the fine margins. Yeah. And um, I think, you know, th- that's part of your training though as well. That's part of like your preparation and, you know, how you periodize your year and how you maximize, Okay, what do I need to do prior to a championship? How many races do I need to get myself into like prime shape 
ready to roll when it really when it really matters. Yeah. And that was something I think over time I got a little bit better at and I was able to perform when it mattered. And, you know, the championships obviously kind of leading into uh into the worlds then in two thousand and nine, you know. Um so when you asked me that question about my 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 kind of greatest race, like like Birmingham oh seven, like you can never you can never take away that winning feeling. And particularly in the championship and performing and PB and national record and on the podium. But one of the greatest races for me was probably the semi-final in the world championships to make that final, you know, because I had to run 44 seconds even just to qualify for a world final. And, and that's, you know, you're talking about running. I, I probably ran, I think it was my my third fastest time ever. I think it was 44, 88 or something just to qualify for a final. Yeah. yeah. And then like you have that in your legs for pretty much the next day as well. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. third fastest yeah. time and that's, in, and that's the one thing with, all these races, I just can't get my head around championships, even up to 5k, you know, when they're racing 5k and you know, day could, after yeah. day, and it's like, oh Christ, I might I do a 5k here and I'm gone for about two or three days after it. But I know. back out. And then, then yeah. you look at someone like uh, Sif and Hassan, you know, in the yeah. world champs, who did, who did like the 15, the 5, and the 10, and you're going, yeah. she and, then, and then a marathon not too far along down the road and wins that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's 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 yeah. mad as so you were obviously in the Olympics as well, which is the highlight of I think any anyone's yeah. uh, sporting achievements. Um, how was that whole Olympic experience for you? Shite. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I ran like a complete other donkey. Two thousand and eight. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was funny. Like, and you're right. Like, because you know, growing up, it was all about the Olympic Games. Like, I I can remember getting up and watching like. You know, Sonia Sullivan and, you know, all our athletes and getting up at the early hours and watching them wherever the, the games were on. And, you know, it becomes such a big thing that, like, oh, I'd love to go to the Olympic Games, love to go to the Olympic Games. And then I qualified. I qualified in 2007 in, in those indoors in, in Birmingham. And, you know, I had the luxury then of not having to chase times. I could plan it. I was going. I literally hit the hit the qualification standard. And then I think my, my, the mindset is like, well, I have to do everything. It's Olympic year. I have to do everything properly. I have to do everything 110%. You know, perfection, perfection, perfection. You know, weighing out my food, going to bed early. You know, just kind of the intensity probably got too much for me. Consumes so, you nearly too much. Yeah, yeah. Well, it does. It completely and utterly consumes you. And then you have like everybody else talking about Olympics. People who know nothing about me. People who be, you know, talking to my mom and dad and going, oh, the Olympics. Yeah, they had no interest in me like a year ago, but now it's the Olympics. Mm-hmm. And suddenly it becomes something that's massive. And that's for your first Olympics is very much kind of, oh, hang on, this is a little bit different. And then you have another organization coming on board. So back then it was like the um, the Olympic Council. So then you suddenly get emails and phone calls from another group of people saying, you need to be here. You need to come back to Dublin to get measured up for your Olympic suit. Um which turned out to be fucking too big anyway, you know, after making the effort, it was like <laughs> mad. But all of this kind of, you know, it just adds to it all. And sure. uh, yeah. I think to be brutally honest with you, yeah, it just, it all got, it all got a little bit too much for me. And you're, you're sorry, and I, 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 won't, I, I was, I was talking to someone else who's at Olympics and they actually, I asked them how was it? And their exact words was, didn't enjoy it. Um, yeah, and, and we had Katrina. Mc... Yeah, it's just yeah. they, they say this. It's nearly too consuming on that one occasion, and if it does not go right for you, it's the worst experience of your life. Yeah. I think we had Katrina McKernan on before, and she said something similar as well. I think you know she didn't put it up there as one of her highlights 
at all, I think, if I remember rightly. Yeah, and I, I can relate to that because I didn't run well. If I And that's the thing, like, it's very, it's very black and white. It's like, you run well, it's a great championship. Like, mm-hmm. if you just say Berlin, like, I'd be like, Berlin's a fantastic city because I ran well there. What's Madrid like? Fantastic. You know, what's Gotham like? Shite. <laughs> Why? Because I ran mm-hmm. shite. So, like, yeah, it's yeah. very pure. It's like, you know, if I go and I run well, don't get me wrong. The experience of going to the Olympics is probably only something now that I look back with fondness and I actually go, geez, you know what? Like, I'm an Olympian, you know, whereas at the time I didn't run well. You're in an environment where, like, other people are running well. You fly back into Dublin and you're told on the plane, okay, we're having X, Y, and Z up the front. The rest of you, yeah, just fall in behind, you know, because, and, and, and that's literally the reality of like coming off the plane. You're like, oh my God, um, you know, hiding your face. Like, so, I think overall, like, yeah, like it's, it was, um, it was a mad experience. And like, I had three mates that cycled, right? Took a year out and cycled from Beijing or from Ballantyre in Dublin all the way to Beijing. Took a year out. The only three lads that cycled halfway around the world and put on weight, let me add. (laughs) But like all of that stuff and you have the bandwagon, you've got parents, you got aunts and uncles and everyone's bloody turning up. And um, for arguably your biggest day of your whole, career but is that a lot like you kind of touched on it there about other councils coming in like do you start to lose a bit of control as opposed to maybe a lesser event where you yeah. can plan your own journey maybe plan your own schedule yeah. like it's funny like I, i've had these conversations with my parents and particularly in the early years and i can remember going to gothenburg so european outdoor championships um i'd won the europeans uh indoors the year before and like the um the athlete hotel there was no security or anything. You know what I mean? Anyone could rock in. And what had actually happened, that became the go-to for like all like Irish athletic fans, parents, you know, tagalongs, bandwagon, you name it. And they'd all, they'd all sit in the lobby. So you're coming down, you know, getting your breakfast or getting your lunch. And sure, there's fucking, there's a load of people. And it's not been like, I, like I, I would like, I'd be a bit of a recluse when it comes to those moments. You know, I'd be more content to sit in my room and just, I don't want to talk about it. Like I'm, I'm getting the game phase <clears> on. <throat> and then you kind of rock down into the lobby, look, going to have your lunch and like, I was one of those, um, not in the Olympics, but in the European Championships a, a couple of years, was it two years ago? No, last year. Last year, wasn't it? Last year with Aoife, yeah. we went over, myself and Mark, who was training partners with Aoife, and we went over to watch it and we went into the team hotel again, no security, just walked in, sat down, myself and Mark had three or four pints. Eva was sitting with us and Ree McGlynn came down, joined us. And you were sitting down for half, you know, happy. And you're just seeing every, you're like, Jesus Christ, it's, it's blah, it's Jesus. <laughs> it's, 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 and that's the beauty of athletics. And don't get me wrong, like just. Like I can remember in Birmingham going back to the hotel and it was just hopping loads of Irish. It was fantastic. It was brilliant. Um, I had a medal around my neck. So yes, straight into the bar. Great crack, you know, but sometimes when it doesn't go as well, you just, you want to kind of take the exit um, and then run away. But like, look overall, like Beijing, yeah, it was brilliant. It was a good experience, um, you know, to, to go to Olympic Games. Unfortunately, I didn't run that well. And I actually look, I, I don't often say this because it kind of feels like I'm given a, an excuse, but um, it was my slowest time of the year. And I can remember I felt awful. And I said to my coach, Nick Dakin at the time, I was like, Nick, something, something's not right. And uh, he was like, right, let's we'll get some tests done. And I came back to Dublin and um, I had to poo into a cup to be graphic about it, to get um, to get tests 
and I had a viral infection, and they actually classed it as um, foot and mouth. Jesus. Yeah, I know. I had a viral infection. Um, and it was only then that it makes sense because I I came out with rashes on my feet. And I never knew. Like, foot and mouth, I was like, cows get that. Like, yeah. I didn't know humans can get it. But apparently kids get it. Yeah, um, they do. Yeah. And, um, yeah, ulcers in my mouth and um, and rashes on my feet. And generally, I like, I know kind of my body by this stage. And when I'm run down, that's when... Yeah. These things kind of tend to happen. And and I, I put it down to I just stressed myself out that year, you know. Um mad stuff, isn't it? Yeah. It's actually crazy though. So Olympics finishes in 2009. You ran national record, isn't it? Is it 2009? Yeah. Is it? Yeah, 2009. Yeah. Um sorry, no, I actually can't remember. Is it 44 something anyway? It's, it's... Go on, go on, have a have a guess. I'll say, I don't know. I'll look, look up Google. Oh, <laughs> so you said you 4485, you've done before that. So is it 4475? 77. 77. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, like, again, off the back of Beijing, like yeah. I got into a good habit of like debriefing. Like that was probably one of the biggest skills I learned throughout my career was like, you know, learning from the good days and the bad days and trying to like just debrief a race or debrief a championship. And off the back of Beijing, that's exactly what I did. And I remember sitting down like with, with Charlotte, who at the time was my girlfriend, now wife, uh, and my coach, Nick, and I was living with Charlotte as well. And she was like, you were a fucking pain in the arse to live with. Like you were a nightmare. Like there was just no off switch. And, like, I think when you're living with someone, they they see that change. And she was like, "You fucking need to chill out." Like, yeah. And then, mm-hmm. like with Nick, I was Nick was like, "Look, you're probably one of the best athletes to coach because anything he said, I would have done it." You know, and, and that's what I like. And he would have like he liked that, but he was also saying, "We need to get the balance right." You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, your rest days, your rest days, and chill out and get away from the sport. So 2009, that's what that's what kind of was my key focus was to try and enjoy it a bit more. And like, if, if I wanted to go and have a beer, if I wanted to have a dessert uh, or a takeaway, go and have it. Yeah. Um, and that basically, yeah, I trained hard, worked hard. And um, yeah, around 44, seven in Madrid uh, in that summer. And then that led into the world champs and um, made the final. And that's one of the biggest goals of, of my career was I wanted to make a global final. And I came six. So, yeah, I put it like a, a good string of races. I was consistent in terms of like the low 45s, 44s. Um, and um, yeah, got there. Yeah. Yeah. That was, again, that was that was a good experience. It was great. No, you know, uh, yeah. And look, the, the national, again, uh, national, uh, one of these international finals is just the holy grail that you want to make onto it. Then, um, unfortunately, I think you were pretty much, pla- uh, I use the term, plagued with injuries, which I think you were from kind of. Dear on in, right? Really, was it? Yeah, kind of like it, it's funny. It catches up on you pretty quick. Like oh nine, good year, twenty ten, decent year. Um, ran fast, just just didn't win medals, you know. And again, look, it, it's great to be kind of aiming for that. But world indoors uh, didn't go to plan. Got bumped. It was messy. Ended up getting DQ'd in the final. Um, went on then to uh to Barcelona. Again, it was just one of these freak races and probably freak years where. We're, on a European level, we had a host of 44 second, 400 meter runners. And basically it came down to the last couple of meters and uh, I fell short, but it was after that, I was like, right, maybe I need to change things. And it was probably a knee jerk reaction to 2010, not winning any kind of medals. And I decided to to leave Loughborough and went over to the States 
Um, and it just like the injuries then came. I, I tore my soleus. Um, uh, I was out for like three months. Came back straight back into heavy training, trying to find something. Um, that would give me give me an inkling that I could I could produce something in 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 2011. But my Achilles flared up. Um, I went back to like struggling to run 46 seconds. Got slow around 47 seconds, and I was like, I gotta I gotta pull the plug on this season, you know. Um, mm-hmm. and then I relocated back to Loughborough. So uh, like America just didn't didn't suit me as a person. Didn't suit me in terms of the training. Um, I was living by myself. I had no kind of like social scene. Um, very bored. I used to get up on a Saturday and I'd watch three Premier League games back to back before twelve o'clock, and I'd like, I two rest days Saturday and Sunday, and like any time I talk to people like oh where are you in the states I'm like Florida whereabouts just outside Orlando oh love Orlando great mm-hmm. and you're like yeah if you go for two weeks try living there places yeah. are hip like yeah and you know like when things like that happen to you and, and things aren't going to plan and. That must be like even you'd hear locally or you know people get off Strav if they're injured etc. Like how does that play with your head and as well as your body? Obviously, like but yeah, like oh, like it was such a hard thing to deal with. And you know even back then we didn't have like Instagram like like those kind of social media platforms where it were in its infancy. A lot not a lot of not a whole lot of people were on them. There was no such thing as Strava. You know, you couldn't really overanalyze things, but you could analyze yourself. And that was the hardest part. I couldn't do what I was like. I couldn't do what I was meant to do. I couldn't run. Yeah. I couldn't train. Um, my body just wouldn't. It just wouldn't give me a break. And that was the constant kind of feel every day. You're like, oh, come on, please, please. And then it wouldn't. And you'd kind of do all the rehab and I jump on the track and then boom, it would go again. And then you're beginning to kind of overanalyze everything. Shit, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, my funding's going to be cut. Um, I'm going to lose sponsors. My gear contract's going to be cut. I'm not going to make the Olympic Games. And that was the big thing that started kind of playing on my mind. So panic sets in. And I was living by myself. You know, I wasn't really, I, I wasn't working with a sports psych or anyone like this. So I didn't have a support network. I didn't have a support structure around me. And I was in America miles away from kind of loved ones and friends and just your own thoughts which are in that time obviously not great not great at all and, and you have too much time I, yeah that was that's it yeah and then, it's, it's it's something that a lot of us do forget that you know professional sport athlete you're you're fighting every week for your contracts you know what i mean like they, yeah. they can just be ripped from you like you all think oh they have a great life they're over there now sitting down and blah 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 but yet you're gonna have to perform otherwise you know, as you said, your shoe contract at the time will be yanked, and this will be your know, sponsor just going to go feck it. And that's and and that's the nature of like athletics. We we don't have any long term contracts as such. It's not like you know, say soccer, even rugby, where you have a good year, maybe two years, and then suddenly you you sign a four year contract with a club, and you know mm-hmm. you're getting paid, even though you might run into problems. Um, so financially, you're beginning to think like, oh my god, like how am I going to pay for this? Mm-hmm. So suddenly, there's that element of pressure. And Huge pressure, yeah, yeah, massive pressure, and, and you're constantly kind of fighting that then because you, you're you're desperate to get back. And I think the trouble then was because I was isolated. I'd go down to train, and the coach would be like, "How is it today? Can't train. It's I can't run. All right, go up to the pool there and do forty five minutes aqua jogging, and I'll see you tomorrow." And that was basically my day. So you're scrambling around trying to fill the void, but you're you're in a foreign country. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and and that's the thing that sometimes like. 
when I look at other sports and they might change location or change club or change team and it doesn't work, we don't know how they're dealing with all that change. You know, yeah. it can be very easy, like, you know, sometimes they change club and it all goes really, really well. But if it doesn't, we you don't know what goes on. You don't know how that person is actually dealing with that change. Maybe they wanted it. Maybe they didn't want it. And I think mm-hmm. the truth be told, when I look back, I didn't want to go to America. You know, I didn't want to kind of put myself in that environment, but I, I felt I, it was something that I needed to do. And I probably listened to the wrong people. You know, mm-hmm. the, suddenly when things aren't going well, a lot of people might go, oh, you need to do this or you need to do that. And you grasp that and you jump onto it. I didn't trust my own gut feeling. And I think that's important when it comes to like high performance is you have to back yourself. Yeah, you yeah. have to like, you know, listen to your own thoughts and listen to that gut feeling because that sometimes is never wrong. And, yeah. you know, and I think, back, it was probably, that was probably something that was uh, weighed heavily on me. Like, And I think then when you're going down that spiral, you'll grasp at any opportunity to try and get you up, which might be the right opportunity or the right solution. Like, yeah. Well, you're panicking. You're panicking. Yeah. And, like pretty much that's kind of the way, you know, the year unfolded, a few problems. And then it was like, right, I need I need to get back to where I was, went back. And then it was like, I need to qualify for Olympic Games. Yeah. I need to, I have to. It's London, you know. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly you're, you're, it was almost like you're fighting in every session to, to, to get back to where you were. Um, and then you're not trusting your body at the same time. You're kind of listening. Every time you take a stride, you're listening. Um, is everything all right? Is this going to go again? And then St. Patrick's Day 2012, I, I tore the Soleus again, you know, and it was just like, oh, here we go. And I, I'd say, Dave, a lot of it was like, and the aqua jogging is actually probably nearly like a good whatever example for like your whole life becomes like, right? So you above, you're trying to stay as calm as you can, but you know, the whole everything underneath the surface is just going 90 underneath, 90. Your, do you know what I mean? Like, so like you tear your, your, you're saying this, and then you're like, you know, you're still trying to stay calm, but inside you are just screaming and shouting and everything, you know. Yeah, and it's so frustrating. Like, and but that's injuries. Like, and I went back and I did a qualification in sports psychology, and they, they talk about like um the Kubler Ross grief model when it comes to injuries and retirement. And basically it's the it's the five uh, steps of bereavement. And that's that's exactly what it is when it comes to an injury or even retirement. You're 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 fighting and you're you're going through that like denial, frustration, you know, depression, and then you slowly have to accept and go right. I'm in the shit here. I got to get out, you know. But it's it's tough, like and like it's it's an area I see a lot of athletes kind of fall into, you know, for obvious reasons. And there's so much pressure now that you have to perform, and you know, there's no luxuries in it. You can't sit back and go, oh, I'll take a year out here, and yeah. you know, just manage myself and come back you can't yeah so take us through then the last few years before you decided to hang up the runners and we'll get on to the, la- the latest chapter obviously soon as well but the last few years of the tracks maybe yeah like I, I i went to australia then um and charlotte came down with me and we had a great year down there i loved it was kind of getting back into decent shape and then i tore my achilles um in may 2013 I was due to race <laughs> I was due to race in Japan and I laugh about it because um like the way it kind of works I got myself into into the race in Japan and he was going to pay the flights and then I hurt my Achilles and um I had to like pull out of the meat and then I had to fucking reimburse him for for the the money for the flights I was like oh Jesus Christ like t- put salt into the wounds you know um but that was literally my last training session and uh I I came back like 
hurt the Achilles and then stepped off the track and went back to Charlotte in the apartment. And I was just like, I am done with this. I am done. Mm-hmm. I was nearly 30. So I wasn't like I'd lost all funding. I'd lost um, I'd lost sponsors. Like if anything, it was now costing me money. So um, yeah. so I did there and then, yeah, I think it's time to, to move on, you know. Yeah, you were probably spending more time thinking about it than you know, you're doing it at that stage, right? Yeah, like it was, it was just hard. Like I'd gone through so many little ups and downs and injuries, and like you know, I was resilient enough to kind of come back and come back. And then it just gets to a point where you're kind of thinking, like for my own sanity, I can't keep doing this to myself. Yeah. Um, and then you're hitting thirty, and like, yeah, I had aspirations of like getting married and having a family, and you know buying a house and all this sort of stuff but then you're thinking how am I going to afford to do all that you know I, I need to get a job my yeah. mates are like 10 years ahead of me now in careers like I, you know and that's the stuff that suddenly starts filling your head mm-hmm. um, unlike other people you know oh geez you're getting on a bit now you know what what are you going to do next what are you going to do yeah. next you know so you fall right. into that sort of mindset like okay so like yeah a good a good place to move to next I suppose so you come you come to the end of your I suppose your your top level running, you know, it's time to reassess. And like when you're standing there, where do I go to next? I've spent the last whatever X amount of years running around and massive change in your life. I think I can only imagine. Yeah. As you said, like it's not like soccer where you're set up for life or anything like that, you know? No, unfortunately. Yeah. And that's pretty much you hit the nail on the head. It was that that sudden change of like, well, you know, I don't need to be in Australia. Um, and like this is the this is honestly what happened. I woke up the next day, so I, I had a hairline tear in my Achilles and I pretty much like I, I gave it everything to get back. I was on the Alter G and all this sort of stuff, done everything. And then I went out to test it. Like this was probably about six weeks after or even more, maybe two months. And um, it was just painful. It was just so sore. Now, that was it done. Woke up the next day and I had an email from a production company in Dublin asking me that I want to do Celebrity MasterChef. And I remember just kind of turned to Charlotte going, well, sure, fuck, I'm doing nothing else. I might as well go home. And that actually was the first, that's why I came back to Dublin. Um, I hadn't planned to come back. I hadn't planned that, like, you know, this was where I was I was going to kind of, you know, base myself for the future. But I came back, did MasterChef, uh, managed to win the thing. Um, and uh, as my introduction, yeah, wrote a couple of cookbooks and all off the back. But yeah. that filled a void. And that kind of brought me back to Dublin and why I, I was in Dublin and um, but like the harsh reality, it was September of that was filmed during the kind of um, during the summer. And then September came around and September as a track athlete was when you'd resume your training. So as the leaves began to change color and autumn began to kind of come into uh, interview, that was when I'd go back training. And I loved that time of the year. I absolutely mm-hmm. loved it, you know, because you've been on the, the piss for the last two weeks and doing all eating shite and just gone mm-hmm. out with your mates. And then it's like, right, I'm ready to go. I'm ready yeah. to get back on and mm. just go for the next goal. And that's September um, 10 years ago. Yeah, um, I wasn't. That was it. Yeah. And that was like, and that's the reality then. You wake up in the little box room I grew up in, volunteering my mum and dad's house and just thinking, what am I going to do? What happened? Yeah. Well, so, but but to be fair, like, again, you're you're... I mean, like you wonderfully have reinvented yourself and like we could long, there's a long, long list of stuff you've done, but like even like your, your RT work as well there, the, the, the track side there and the reporting, I mean, you, you've really reinvented yourself really, really well. So, 
you know, uh, you're successful at that as well. Yeah, I appreciate it, you know, and it's like, I do honestly, like, and I'll be honest with you, is like, I, I do sometimes pinch myself and go, how did I get here? Like, you know, how, how like, even this year, like, I'm 10 years retired. Like, I, I turned 40 there in July, and it's like, you know, it's 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 great to be in the position that I'm in now, but, like, the first probably the first four years of retirement was, was brutal. Like it was, it was terrible. And I, I've been open about it. Like, but I didn't, I didn't exit my sport on my terms. And that was yeah. so hard to take. That was so hard. I I didn't have an exit plan because I thought, you know what, I'll go to Beijing, I'll go to London, I'll go to Rio and then I'll retire on my terms. Didn't happen like that. Yeah. You know, I literally was training with some of the fastest people on the planet. And then I took a job working for a sports brand and I was in an office in Warrington in England, like literally two weeks later. And that that's kind of what happened. I, I, I came back from Australia. Um, you know, it was literally right, I, I I need money, I need a job. And I just panicked, took the first job that came my way without without even kind of debriefing on 10 years of athletics. It was just yeah. like, I need a title. I need a, I need something now. When people say, what do you do? I have an answer. Yeah. But you need to do something yourself, Dave, because you're you you you're obviously a man who wants to be doing something, you know what I mean? As in constantly, I don't, you're, as you made it quite clear, you don't like sitting down to nothing, you know what I mean? So I think that's what it is as well as that, like, right, let's do something. No, I'm going to jump forward a bit because I think it's, you know, this is important to you at the moment as well. Is when did the insanity come in to jump to the marathon? <laughs> yeah, so you hit the nail on the head there. As athletes, we're always working towards something. There's always a race or a, a goal or a time or something. And that was probably the biggest void that I had over those kind of first initial couple of years. And it, I had no desire to run a marathon. No desire ever. Um, I was dabbling a few kind of park runs. So 5K like was the extent of it. But I wasn't training. I'd literally just rock up and, and do a 5K, you know. Um, more just to kind of try and keep myself relatively kind of fit. But like, you know, I was ugh, I was useless. And then it was during COVID, just before COVID, I got into doing a bit of cycling. Um, I then came across this sport called cyclocross, which is 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 madness. You cross know, country, cross 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 country on wheels, on wheel on skinny wheels on little skinny wheels. wheels. Yeah. Um, but it was great because it was like. It was full gas for like 50 minutes. Um, and I thought, this is fantastic. But I realized I wasn't fit. I wasn't aerobically fit. You know, I was very anaerobic from my, obviously from my background. And then I was like, right, well, I need to get fit. I'll start running. And I started to run. And I remember coming into Charlotte and, and Charlotte used to run. She used to run eight and 15s. That's how we met. Um, and I was like, I'm going to do the marathon. And she was like, no, you like you will not be able to do the marathon. You, you know, you, you, what are you talking about? And I was like, no, I'm going to do the marathon. And that's where I crossed paths with Emmett Dunleavy because Emmett would do a bit of cycling. So I used to kind of go out the odd time with Emmett. And one day we were, we were out cycling and I was like, Emmett, I'm going to do the marathon. Will you coach me? And I can remember like he literally turning to me and going, like, do you want to do it to finish it or do you want to go for a time? I was like, I'm going to go sub three. <laughs> and he just was like, oh, Jesus, what are you talking about? And that was probably, that was the start. That was um, last, uh, last year, January of last year. Um, and that's when I said, you know what, Roy, I'm going to do the marathon. Yeah. <laughs> so 
Yeah. Will your first one, I think, three sixteen ish. Yeah, yeah. It's funny how you remember that, but you didn't remember. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I remember that because it was actually mentioned in the podcast I was listening to today. Um, so horrible, yeah, yeah, and uh, and you, you did say in that that you blew up in it. So what did you learn from that? Taking into how to actually break three hours. So Brian, get a pen and paper here. There, I've listened to Dave. I've listened to David. I know. I know how he's going to say I know, but I like it. Go on. Yeah, like there was a number of things. Like I, I think. Like, first of all, doing it once, you learn so much, like, you know, however well or bad it goes, you learn an awful lot. And I think, you know, so many things about pacing, running, like, you know, the easy runs and just kind of using that to get the body fitter, build that engine, um, get the time on the legs. Um, this, that was all brand new to me. So I simply just didn't have the miles in the tank um, mm-hmm. in, in year number one. And, and then when the marathon came around, last year like i went off too fast i got caught up with the oh there's the balloon fucking it'll be grand yeah. and you know i'll jump on here and it was only actually recently did it dawn on me when i looked back at last year's marathon and looked at the splits like, what was i doing like i was running off at like 4-0 something a k in the first couple of k's and then like the warning lights came on just past chapel lizard and like it's a long way from home and I, I, remember, idea, yeah. I remember coming up um by Walkinstown and swung the left and heading towards Kimmage and uh, a fella came up past me and he looks at me up and down he goes Gillick the old three hours doesn't look like it's on today and fucks off up the road <laughs> I was so I, I, I was like oh god it was a struggle but yeah. it was a good experience it was a good learning curve everything even building up to the race doing the race mm. and off the back of that I was like I'm doing next year and um, I think you know this year was very much like I, I had I had that in my legs already and I was building on top of that. So I had the base in there and when I started training this year, I was more equipped. I was well able to take a bit of the load. I wasn't knackered after my long runs. You know, I was able to deal with that a little bit more. I started doing a bit of S&C um, I started kind of eating more Um, like the previous year. I did no S&C. Um, I was under fueling. Um, wasn't hydrating myself and probably wasn't getting enough rest, uh, and yeah. I wasn't hitting the mileage either. Like I just, yeah. I, my body couldn't take that mileage. Whereas this year, I probably went from like a good week last year, maybe seventy odd k. Whereas this year, I was up into the nineties, pushing a hundred. You yeah. know, um, you had a great half marathon actually in the build up. I remember seeing your time that, and I was like, he's definitely going to do it. When I saw your half marathon time, were you in the Phoenix Park? Was it one yeah. low one what low one twenties? Was it? Yeah, one twenty two. Yeah, again, yeah. surprised myself. Like, but see, I, I probably the con the consistency of my on my running last year into early part of this year. Like, I I was running and then I did the Rohini five mile, and then I targeted the Mullingar half. Um, and I didn't like when I say targeted, I, I wasn't like right, you know, full tilt into it, but it was something on the horizon. I ran one twenty five there. Um. And then it was very much like, right, you know, we'll build towards Dublin. And and the half, like, I, the half was amazing. Like, it, it, it felt so easy. And I felt very much in control uh, the whole way around. And even to a point where I was, like, trying to pull myself back because I was like, it's the half marathon. I don't care, really. It's about the marathon. Um, yeah. And I think it was a confidence boost off the back of that, knowing that, right, like, you see, the hardest part in my head when it comes to endurance running and, say, even marathon running, when I was a sprinter, I would run 200 meters. I'd run 300 meters. We'd even go to 350. Okay. Now remember, I'm a 400 meter runner. So I'm 50 meters short. 
And you'd be able, you'd know pretty much what sort of shape you're in. You know, mm-hmm. if you're doing a time trial over 350, you know what you're capable of doing over 400 meters. Whereas with the marathon, I'd never ran a marathon at 416 pace, which is sub three. No, and nowhere near it really. And you know, you're, you're miles short of it. Of oh, yes. it. Yeah. Miles. Yeah. And you, you definitely can't train for the experience you had the first time out when it does go wrong. I mean, that's one wake up call when it happens. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I was walking. Like I, I got mm. like, like, even with all my running kind of background, I got cramping both hamstrings at the same time. And I'll never forget it because I was on the on the N11 and I was like cramping up. I was stretching on the curb and there was a woman right next to me. She was a spectator with her daughter and she turned and kind of did a double take. It was like, oh, Jesus, it's David Gillick. Yeah. And there I am going, oh, how's it going? She nearly asked me to sign something as you were both cramping up. <laughs> and, and did you finish saying like never, ever again? Or was it a case straight away of I've got to come back here and, and fix it? I've got to come back here. I've got to do it yeah. again. But yeah. I, the great thing, and people who might be listening, like like going to major championships and, you know, running 400 metres in world finals and stuff like that, it's fantastic. But you don't get the opportunity to soak up the atmosphere. Mm. You're in and you're out. Yeah. Okay. Whereas with, with the marathon, what really struck me was the atmosphere along the route was just amazing. It was so, so good. And that was the biggest thing that I was like, oh, I got to do this again. This is amazing. Yeah. This is fantastic. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. and um, I, I, on that sorry, subject, so, well, I, sorry. No, I was just going to say, seeing as you just mentioned that there is rumors of that changing next year and the route possibly changing. I know nothing's nailed down yet, but like, would you have concerns about the Dublin Marathon if that happens? Absolutely. Like, yeah. it's a Dublin City Marathon. It should not be outside of the city. Um, I think it has to be the way. The route is at the moment is fantastic. You're running through the streets of Dublin, the crowds and all that is, is great. I like I understand maybe a bit of kind of start finish has to move, maybe, you know, traffic and all the rest of it. I, I understand that. There's always a bit of give in there. But I think overall, um it would be a shame if it was taken out of the city or if it was like, right, you're you're running on one of the jewelers out of the city, out and back in. I, I wouldn't like that. I think it's the way it is. It's fantastic, and I, I, I hope, I hope it, um, I hope it doesn't move too much. Yeah, I come back to the fact what I said. I think a few weeks ago, Brian, um, is the fact that if New York City, Berlin, and Paris, London, London can do all this yeah. for one day, I think Dublin can do it as well. You yeah. know, so like I, I, I went to London this year and I ran in the the London Ten K, um, in the centre of London. You know, all around the sites, Big Ben and all this, and like. In London, they have the London Marathon. They've got like just so many 5Ks, 10Ks in the city centre over the course of the year. Granted, okay, it, it has an underground and all the rest of it. But like if those major cities can embrace a marathon uh, for everything that it brings to that city, Dublin can definitely do it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Right. Give me give me your favourite session that you've done on the build up to Dublin. Favourite session? We started doing a few track sessions um, and I loved them. It was great. It was so good to get back on the track and do like, uh, well, there was everything. We did a couple of like, there was like 600s, there was 800s, um, uh, a lot of them, but yeah. something, yeah, along those lines, I really, really enjoyed. I, I, they were fantastic. I, I, I loved getting back on the track and the smell of the track, but yeah, it was it was same, same, but different. Yeah. If you, um, so yeah, things like that were fantastic. So, I we were talking about Keith Russell last week, and the one thing that came up was Hell Week. All right. So, you were one of the 
finishers of Hell Week. I think it was only three at the time, wasn't it? And was it? yeah, yourself and Satanta and was it Billy? Was it? Was it Billy, 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 Billy Hollidge? Yeah, yeah. Um, finished it. How was that whole experience for you? One of the best weeks of my life. One of the absolute best weeks of my life. Um, so so good. Like to be honest, it's hard to articulate everything that went on in that week. You know, if people watched it, you only got to watch snippets. You know, for us, it was it was twenty four seven. There was no off. There was no like right. That's a wrap. Go have a coffee, yeah. shower, come back. You know, there was none of that. Like in in that space of like the Monday all the way through to the Saturday, we got less than seven hours sleep. And I'm not making that up. Um, It was very, very rewarding. Probably one of the most rewarding experiences um, I've ever had. And like, there's a lot, a lot goes into that. And I think, look, the, the harsh reality is there's easier ways of getting yourself on TV. Okay. So I think the people that do it, they're not doing it for the celebrity factor of it. Or, you know what, I'm going to get myself on TV and then I'm going to write books and fucking get on the late, late and stuff like that. It's not about that. Everyone who went on that had their own personal reasons to go on. Yeah. This is the stuff that straight away you connect with people. You know, you're kind of going, you know, when you're in the, the shit and you're, you're, you're been dragged through the muck in Fota Island for five hours and they're trying to get you to quit. You soon realize who your buddies are and you soon realize who mm-hmm. you can. Connect with. And the great thing about it was, it was a great bunch of people. Um, and like for me to be, to be honest with you, like when I was running and I was training, there's plenty of days you had to go to the well. You had to just pull yourself up and get the last rep done, you know, and just 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 had to do it. And when I moved away from that kind of level of athletics, you know, that bite, I often wondered, did I still have that in me? Like if I had to, is it there or is it gone? Is it gone forever? And that was one of the reasons I wanted to go back and see if I could I could put myself in an environment like that, completely and utterly challenge myself. And that's that's the rewarding thing for me is knowing that it's in there. You know, if if it needs to be brought out, I know it's there. Um, and uh, like emotionally, mentally, um, you know, physically, you're challenged. And these people are so smart. Like Ray, oh, they're, they're lethal. Yeah, they are. Like they are on. Like Ray Goggins is jumping out of helicopters and he's going straight into like the opening of the show. Never once for the whole week messed up his words. It was unbelievable. And the way they communicate in the eyeballs, they're so clear. And you, you, it's just, they're on a different level. And, on a- and David, just on that, like, is there any time where they, they'd shout something and go, oh shit, sorry, no, let's, let me do that again. No, again, we just shout at you again. I'm honest, I swear to God, not one. And look, I've done a bit of reality TV before with MasterChef and stuff like that. Um, they, it, it wasn't, it was so real. And they, they said at the very start, like, we don't give a shit if the cameras get it or they don't get it. The cameras mm. roll. And if it's there, it's there. We yeah. won't repeat ourselves and we won't we won't make it look like it's TV. Yeah. We have a duty uh, and we have to show respect to uh to Rangers who have gone on before and will come after. Mm. This is selection. And what you're going to do is selection. Yeah. That's um Satanta. Um, Satanta is a former teammate of mine and a fellow who I would be still in contact with every once in a while. Um, lovely, 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 lovely man. Lovely family. The whole lot of them are really, really nice. Yeah. How, how would you get on with Satanta? That's, this is just me asking as a person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, he sounds like, like, yeah, good crack. Um, he's fun to be around. Uh, like an animal of a man. 
absolute mm. beast of a man. Um, but no, really hard working and yeah, just he's good crack, good fun. He'd make yeah. you laugh, like you know. Um, nice fella as well. You know, we were there to help you out as well, plenty of times. Yeah. I, I think something you said there was amazing. You said at the start of this piece, you know, where, you know, Satanto had been, whatever he achieved, Billy Holland, et cetera, yourself and the others who were in it as well. But like yet, when you're in that environment of sports people, you automatically become a team almost. And it doesn't matter whether one person has been the most successful sportsman in Ireland or, or not. You just are all grounded to be working as a team because it's in you, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Like, and you, you soon realise, like, without them, you're fucked. You know what I mean? Yeah. You need them. You absolutely need them. And and it's it's funny, like, because there was plenty of different shapes and sizes. And, you know, there was a couple of lads that were absolutely ripped, you know, and, and like, you know, they'd whip the top off and you're going, oh, my God, like, look at this fella. Like, he's absolutely shredded. But that doesn't really matter. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, it's all about the inside. It's all about the head. And that was the biggest thing that, like, and I can be, I'll be honest, which is like, when it was announced that I was doing it, um, and look, I, I look, I, I've been going to counselling for a few years and all the rest of it, and dealing with my own mental health and understanding me and who I am and all the rest of it. But when it was announced that I was going on the show, I had two people. One was male and one was female, right? And the male fella said, "Yeah, I don't know. I don't think you're going to do that well. You, you've had a few issues with with your head, right? That's the term, like with your head." Whereas the female was like, "You're going to do well," and I was like, "Oh, why'd you say that?" She goes, "Because you've done work on yourself." And that was, that is it. That is the crux of it for me. You know, I've worked on myself physically over the years. I've worked on myself mentally and it's made me a better person. So, you know, whether it was running 44s or running 258, I think the biggest strength that I have is actually showing an element of vulnerability. And I think that's hugely important in terms of, you know, managing yourself and dealing with what goes on in life, you know. Yeah, because Mm -hmm. um, like your strength and everything doesn't get you through the times where you're, with a bag over your head being dragged somewhere into a dark room. Do you know what I mean? That's your head gets you through that, not your body. So I think in a lot of these tests, and I think Martin's the exact same, from well 20 onwards, it's your head that gets you to that finish line, not your legs. But the head, obviously, don't get me wrong, but the head makes you finish. Nail on on the head. Um, Absolutely. Like, look, you have to have the work done, okay? You have to have the miles in the legs and all the rest of it, but you've got to be so pig headed with yourself in the last couple of miles. And like, I can remember like in Dublin there this year, I, I did everything right. Everything right. I paced it right. Negative splits. I I was aware of the Hills. I was aware of, right. You know, go on effort. Don't chase the clock. Don't chase the clock. Did that. Kept the balloon, you know, a couple of meters ahead of me. Um, You know, it was like just stealth. I constantly was just looking at them, looking at them. And then, you know, down, um, down Foster's Avenue, closing in on the balloon and I was like okay yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna catch them got to Nutley Lane fucking couldn't catch them and I was like oh no oh no this yeah. is I, I, in my head right <laughs> all I could think of was like I'm gonna finish now with like three hours ten seconds yeah. and I have to have and, and, and I'm not just gonna I'm saying this for like theatre effect it was like I literally was like shut the fuck up I'm sorry to use the language but this is exactly what I was saying I was like shut up David, you need to do this. You need yeah. to do this. You're not you're not coming back here again. And all I could think of was like, oh, Emmett's going to be like, right, we got to go again. I was like, I'm not, this isn't happening. 
And but you I do, yeah, you do. I remember, I remember yeah, I remember myself but, running up to Heartbreak Hill, shouting at the hill, not fucking, oh, to, yeah. not fucking today, buddy. It's not happening today, buddy. And again, like you think back, you're like, what? But you do these things, like you know, you do these things, yeah. And I, I can remember just like literally, right, get tall, drop the shoulders, get like, stuff that I would have done like back running fours, you know. And um, I was like, you're going to, you're, you're catching these, you're catching these, and I would like, I was t- like, you're wrecked, you know, you're so tired in the last couple of miles, you know, but. Thankfully, yeah, I I got them. Yeah, I got them. But it's, but it's like the hell week, as you said. You 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 kind of when you get to that stage, it's back into survival mode again. You know, do it what is. you got to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's exactly it. Like hell week. Like there's so much stuff that didn't make the TV. Like we, I had to stand. Right, they came in and they said bedtime, and you've got they go like you've seven minutes to get to bed. So that means get your kid out, get to the jacks, come back in, lights out. Right. I think it was twenty minutes. They came back in. And said breakfast is served in five minutes, and you're like, what? And then what happened was they said, get up, stand, and they got us all to stand right with the little kind of gun thing, and we had to stand. And I didn't, I didn't know the time. I thought it was maybe an hour. I had to stand for two and a half hours in the one place, looking at the same spot on the wall, like madness, Unreal. stuff, yeah. just like, yeah, crazy. Right, I'm gonna finish on two questions, okay? Because in fairness, you've been extremely generous with your time here, right? So one, mm-hmm. I have this from Hoggy Wheels, all right? That's it's Instagram, okay? Does he regret not supporting Luton Town instead of Sunderland? I think, yeah, there's a connection here. I know there's a... There's, yeah, there's, so this yeah. is all I got. This is it. No, I, 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 I kind of was hoping you might know a bit more, but obviously you oh. said you're... Luton in the play- playoffs last year of the championship, Luton uh, knocked Sunderland out, and uh, the, uh, there was a couple of lads on uh, on Instagram or something um, who I didn't realise were Luton fans, and I was like, "What the hell are you doing being a Luton fan?" And they were like, well, "What are you doing being a Sunderland fan?" Um, well, well, actually, to counter that, then by the looks of things, I think I've done all right because I don't know, I don't know, you know, how the Premier League will go for Luton this this season. Yeah, no, and and did you? I, I actually am rewatching that Sunderland documentary on Netflix yes. at the moment, which I think is actually a brilliant documentary. Um, I know it's torturous to watch for Sunderland fans, probably like, but it's actually a really good documentary. It's a great documentary, yeah. and um, my wife is actually from Sunderland, so we spend a good bit of time up there. Um, but it's it's a great part of the world. It's a great yeah. part of the world. You know, it really is. So the last question, David, is what's next for David Gillick? <laughs> um. Yeah, um, I'll definitely be doing another marathon. Um, that's one of the things I, I'm look. I I have the bug to run. I I love running. I do. I love the structure. I love the routine. I love how you know you target something, you work towards towards it, and it gives stability. It gives structure. It gives you a routine and a purpose. And um, for me, I'm a better person when I run. Um, and I'm a better parent. I'm a better husband and all that. So. That will be one thing that I'll do 2024. I'm not sure where yet. I will do Dublin, but um, I would like to do maybe one abroad somewhere as well and, yeah. and see what I can fit in. But uh, no, in in other ways of life, um, next year is a big year with the Olympics and obviously the work that I've been doing with RTE, um, the Olympics, European Championships um, and things like that to focus on. And yeah, and then it's just kind of back to coaching the local underage football team and up with my own club uh, in athletics, DSD, and helping the sprinters out there. And yeah, just kind of doing things that I enjoy to do. 
I, I love mm-hmm. that with in it's, I know it's in every country, but with Irish people, you know, you you, you see the monster players we say walking down the street and you see you know David Gillick there um going, Yeah, I'm just gonna go down coaching the under eights and then just go yeah. <laughs> it's, I, it's just Browns, you're just Browns, you're just a normal Browns. person at the end of the day. They just, don't care who I am, they don't something. care, they oh, could yeah. give a shit what medals I want. <laughs> All they care about is like their their next match. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Look, Dave, I think we've taken up an awful lot of your time. Um, really appreciate it. Um, really, we're really off. Yeah. We're off now to find someone who ran two fifty nine. So you might pass <laughs> on that name. <laughs> no, but great stuff. Thanks for having me on. And um, yeah. you know, I hope the podcast goes from strength to strength. And I think what you're doing is great. And kind of having conversations around athletics and you know what it can do for people as well is fantastic. So keep it up. Right. Yeah. And you too, yeah. You keep up your good work. For, uh, and look, if you fun. need us over in over in Paris, there's no hassles. We'll happily fly over to RT to put a good word in for us. Yeah. <laughs> David, <laughs> thanks very Brilliant. much. We we talk to you soon. Cheers, lads. Cheers. Okay, so again, another great interview. We're really lucky with the guests we're getting at the moment. Um, and David is one of the top guys out there right now. You know, if you're following him on any social media channels, you know, he's full of, you know, information. He had a great lead up to Dublin Marathon there. He's obviously, as he said, involved with RT and, you know, trackside supported or reported there on many of the top events that we've seen over the past year as well. So man with the finger on the pulse, but man of action as well. Um, he's certainly getting himself, you know, keeping himself busy and putting himself out there. Um, and, you know, again, what are, what are we doing? We're looking for 259, man, for next week's interview, isn't it? 259, 59. If so, if anybody <laughs> wants to come forward as a 259, 59, man, more than happy to come on and have a, a, a chat with you and, you know, just to let Brian know, soak in this, you know, what is it? You know, pool of sub tree. Yeah. So, you know, You've had enough for those type of people. No, I think we'll change you, up you, again. You, you'll be you'll be there soon enough, don't you? Brian? I get that. Yeah. So, Brian, I think that's the show for today. Yeah, uh, I just want to say before we go, uh, talk to a few people today. There's a lot of Irish athletes heading to I think Valencia next week as well. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, West Waterford has a big race on a Saturday to do Hallow Five, as we say. So, it ain't easing up. There's a lot of big races. Um, so again, best of luck to everybody who's running and best of luck to everybody who's hosting an event and stewarding an event and so on. So keep up the good work. Plenty of races exactly. for us coming up. And again, look, as we always say, thank you to our sponsors, Pillow Performance. Thank you to Wellbeing Coffee. Thank you to Jonathan. Thank you to Rory. Brian, thank you. And most importantly, thank you to all the listeners. And yep. um, keep on listening. And please, as Brian always says, spread the gospel according to the runner's standard.